Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. With me today is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? Going well. Cavs camp has started, and we have a very important guest, so I will not uh, I will not elaborate further. <laughs> yes, we do. We are welcoming back to the podcast Larry Nance Jr. Larry, how are you doing today? Guys, I am great. A little bit tired, but I'm, I'm doing good. How, how many days of dedicated practice uh, in, in camp are we into at this point? Uh, we are at day, this is, I mean, if you count, if you count the first, I mean, I guess, I don't know, that's what, four or five, but, uh, we've really started going yesterday. So we had a two a day yesterday and then we had one real good one today. The rest, uh, um, then it should take us to the end of the, at least I should say until what next Friday against Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, I I think season game Saturday. Yeah. I, I cannot yeah. wait. I cannot wait. If if we're assuming your enthusiasm for basketball being back is a 10 out of 10, what rating would you give your excitement for being back on the podcast? G- give it a number. <laughs> oh, if season back is 10 out of 10, gosh. Uh, <laughs> how high can I go? I mean, is it, can, I, can, I, can I get up to a 13, 14? Like, yeah. geez. It's, it's, it's I great. Mean, isn't it, it's great. Isn't it crazy? I actually, uh, before this podcast, I was listening to the last time you came on when you uh, were so kind to join us for our Game 7 uh, rewatch pod uh, for the 2016 Finals. And we were talking about how bored we were in quarantine a cool eight, nine months ago. <laughs> and how, how yes. like, if I, if I had told you then that you still wouldn't have played a basketball game, uh, in the NBA since that last pod, like how would you have responded? It's pretty wild. Uh, gosh, it's just, it, I mean, I can tell you just from like what's been going on at practice. It looks like it, the ball is all over the place. We are just trying to get, shake the rust off at this point. That, that is very understandable. How, how weird was it for you to watch those bubble games and from the outside looking in like that, that had to be difficult to one, not be invited. And then, tuning in and watching all, all of those teams competing uh it was tough obviously but like I don't know it's for me it just added it added to the level of I mean what I'm hoping for this year it just added to like you know for me it just added to the want to play the want to be better the want to uh say that ever happens again like man I yeah. do not want to be left at home 
you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah. One, one of the things we had done throughout that period of time, because we're still doing a weekly cast podcast, which hasn't been the easiest thing with nine months of no basketball, but one of the right. things we were focusing on was looking at those teams that were successful and trying to figure out what team building lessons and things like that. And we were really remarking at how many of these teams didn't necessarily like if you look at the final eight, they didn't have a ton of high picks, but it was just really an emphasis on player development. There, there wasn't a whole lot of teams that were known for tanking in that space. Were, were there any things that you kind of uh, any lessons or takeaways that you took uh, from watching those games uh, and kind of taking that step back? Yeah, for me, I mean, the biggest thing was, I mean, and you said it, like, obviously there's the Lakers, right? There's the Lakers that are a superstar driven team that, you know, you've, if you got Bron, you got a chance. It's kind of the rule of the NBA at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, it was the teams like Miami and the teams like Denver that, that really stood out to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, I mean, obviously Jokic just played himself into a, you know, one of the best centers in the league. Jamal Murray had an unbelievable bubble, but like you look at that team and they're, you know, it was, I was, I was super optimistic that like that there were teams, you mm-hmm. know, being competitive you know, it's the league's been such a such a uh, you know superstar driven league that like it just seemed like all right. Well, if you don't have a superstar, you might as well you know just wait until you get one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, but it was for me. It was great. Um, it was great. I just loved it. I liked the Heat as a full blown team. Like obviously, Jimmy is Jimmy's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. He had a, he had a ridiculous bubble and and all that stuff, and he's a heck of a player. Obviously, he doesn't need me to say that, but. Um, you know, it's, uh, it it was just very encouraging to see the team, the team basketball come back. Do you feel like just that the landscape of the league has changed where that is a more viable path to success, you know, in the 20, you know, 15 to 2017 era, it really was Braun Kyrie love. And that just Mm -hmm. guaranteed you a finals berth in the East and then the Warriors and the West, the top level talent was just so wild at that point. Do you think that the talent's just more evenly dispersed where these team, you know, driven approaches is, is a more viable path to success now? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's more dispersed. I think the quote unquote super teams are, are kind of, you know, moving back to the two guys instead of the big threes. Um, but at the same time, I think guys are, you know, guys are getting better. You know, mm-hmm. like, like nobody really expected, you know, Jamal Murray and, and, and Nikola Jokic to, you know, to beat the Clippers, you know? Yeah. And I think, cause I think guys are just getting better, you know? And, and uh, you know, for me, that's, that's super exciting. Like, obviously we're, we got new talent coming up. Jason Tatum's ridiculous. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, like I said, Jamal Murray, like the guys that, the guys that were, you know, are in front of us right now, we can kind of see the new wave coming up and, and, uh, it's, it's refreshing to see. Do you think that the bubble, the play in the bubble from some of those guys, the, the Murray's, the Mitchell's of the world, there was all, a lot of talk about, Hey, it, it has that empty gym vibe. You don't have all the weird sight lines that come. Like, do you think there's, there was anything kind of fluky about that environment that made these outputs uh, more achievable? Or do you think these guys just announced themselves and they're here to stay? Um. I, look, nothing they did was a fluke. Like Jamal Murray was, I mean, you cannot take away what he did. Donovan Mitchell, you cannot take away what he did. TJ Warren, same thing. But like, um, you know, the, the next step is carrying it over. You know, obviously it's, it's, uh, it's one thing to do it, 
um, you know, to do it in however many games they played in the bubble. It's another, it's another thing to bring it into the regular season for, I guess I would say 82, but I guess what, 72 games yeah. this year, 75. <laughs> um, so like, I, I, you know, that's, that's the next step. I don't nothing they did was fluky. Like they did it, you know, that is mm-hmm. on record. That is, that is in the stat books. So, um, you know, they, they, they had an outstanding bubble, but the next step is just to carry it, you know, keep it up, keep it I, up. There, there's so many people I've talked to and uh, I mean, you kind of alluded to it as well, but th- there's just so much talent in the league right now. Like I, I look at the, this Cavs roster this year and I, I can see why, why you guys have excitement because you, you look, it's 12 deep NBA players, tons of talent. It's also in a really interesting place because I, I think from a front court perspective between you, uh, Andre and Kevin, uh, that's a really talented front court. But at the same time, you guys are kind of relying on all these young guys to, to initiate the offense. And um, it, do, do you kind of feel like the ceiling of this team is kind of determined by the learning curve of the young guys? Cause it seems like you guys are going to have the talent to be competitive in games. It's just going to be that those growing pains and kind of learning how to finish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, we are optimistic, very optimistic. Um, you know, these past, this, you know, since since Bron left, it's been, you know, difficult, <laughs> difficult to say the least. But like like you said, we we have legitimate NBA players on this roster now. You know, mm-hmm. guys that guys that the league knows, the league has heard of. Like people aren't like, huh? I think I know who that is. You know, got you, you know guys that you're excited to have and you know, we look at our team and it's like, you know, 10, 12 deep of guys that like you could throw in there at any time and feel confident about, which is um, nothing against the guys that were here before and, and have been there, but which is a new thing for us over the past <laughs> few years. Um, and it's exciting. You know, obviously like, like you said, the front court of, of, of us three and, you know, not to mention uh, JaVale who, you know, yeah. has, has a D de- has a decent little resume now, you know, uh, three, you know, three time champ, not too shabby. Um I was thinking about but, him and Quinn Cook. Those dudes are are just picking up rings left and right recently. <laughs> I know Pat Pat McCaw too. Yeah, Pat McCaw finally had his first year in the league without a ring. That's got to be weird for him. <laughs> Gosh, that's some guys have all the luck. Um, no, but it's yeah. I think uh, I think you're right. Like obviously, you know, uh, Colin is coming off of. There's no other way to look at it. He's coming off a pretty ridiculous year. You know, yeah. scored 20 points efficiently. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, I, I don't have enough good to say about him as a person, as a player and as his work ethic. He's, he's, uh, I, nobody's worried about him. He's going to be, he's going to be Colin Sexton. And, and we, we know that's, you know, hard effort, hard playing, you know, <laughs> flying around at a hundred miles an hour all the time. Um, obviously we're excited to see Darius, you know, I like, I said before, uh, like on the bubble in the bubble, he was awesome. And he, he's continued to show that growth here in here in training camp. Um, you know, Dylan's been, uh, Dylan's been great. So we're, we're, we're just excited. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the young guys are just gonna, a lot of what we do is going to depend on the young guys. And, and I think that's a good thing. They need that. Um, and all that means is that, um, we're going to get them the kind of experience they need sooner rather than later. So I wanted to ask you about Garland, all, all accounts he's been, he was kind of the star of the mini bubble, the, the big surprise of the mini bubble, all reports indicate that he's still looking good here in camp. When you see a, a young guy like that who, by most statistical accounts, had kind of a t- tough rookie year, the league was mm-hmm. a bit of a shock for him. What's different from year one to year two when you watch someone like that? Is it skill set? Is it 
you know, his body or is it just, you know, the, the kind of preternatural feel for the game? Like what's the biggest difference that you see in his game uh, heading into year two? Um, I mean, his body's changed quite a bit, uh, you know, going from, you know, everybody's got that point where they, you know, uh, you want to say turn into a man, but like they shed some <laughs> of the, you know, shed some of the baby fat and, and, and really, you know, you, you know, turn their body. And so he's, I think he's hit that point. He, he looks great. He's moving awesome. And, uh, you know, as someone that's, that's had a knee surgery and has had, you know, been through that, it takes, it takes, you know, a full year and a half, two years to really f- trust and feel confident in that knee, in, you know, in that joint again. So, um, you know, talking with him about that, like he feels confident again, which is just massive, you know, from experience, it's absolutely huge that he feels that you can tell just the way he moves. One thing I'm, I'm very curious about, because it, it's something that we, we've heard Sexton and Garland and a lot of the other young guys kind of emphasize is that they worked on the defensive end, like they, they're trying to improve on that end of the floor. Can you give us some insight into how one goes about working on the defensive end throughout the offseason? Like, is it predominantly film study? Uh, I guess it kind of had to be with COVID, but uh, what, what are kind of some of the steps that an NBA player takes when they want to improve on that end of the floor? Uh, a lot of film study, um, a lot of, uh, you know, for some guys it's working on their body. Uh, like for instance, for me, you know, I, I ended the season, you know, learning and learning, you know, kind of on the fly of how to guard threes and, you know, get around, you know, get around screens and, and, and move within, you know, move on the perimeter a little bit more. And so uh, for me, I don't want to say I worked on my defense defense by like, you know, you know, slapping the floor and sliding <laughs> all the time, but no, like it, it's pulling it's, up uh, your shorts. <laughs> exactly. That type of thing. It wasn't that it was like, you know, in, in the weight room, we'd be doing some quickness stuff rather than, you know, putting on bulk, you know, I, yeah, right. you know, for me that I don't need to add any bulk. And uh, you know, whether we did quick ladders, we did jump rope, we, you know, just little things to like speed up my feet so that getting around those screens, you know, guarding mm-hmm. someone off a of pick and roll is easier. And so, uh, it, it just, you know, varies by position for Darius. It was, it was his body, you know, he, uh, needed to get a little bit stronger to fight screens and, and help us in the pick and rolls. And he's, he's done that and he looks great so far. So I kind of want to talk about Sexton who, you know, by all accounts is constantly working on his body. He has the physical profile of someone who should be a, a pretty good point of attack defensive guard. And he struggled on that end, uh, early in his career. What do you think that the next steps he needs to make defensively, because I almost feel like if what he gave, gave the Cavs for the last 40 games or so after the Clarkson trade on offense, like that's fine. I don't actually need that much more. It's pretty uh, amazing kind of production, you know, like that's, that's perfectly acceptable. What, what, Mm -hmm. what kind of steps does he need to take on the defensive end when you already have the body, you do have that physical profile and now it's time to turn it into, you know, good fundamentals. Uh, For him, you know, like you said, he's got, every physical trait that you could possibly hope for someone to have. I mean, he's, you could plug him in at, at wide receiver or defensive back. And he'd <laughs> excel at that too. You know what I mean? He's, he's just a freak. Um, but for him, it's, it's uh, the study of the game. It's the study of the defense. It's uh, you know, if it, it's personnel based, you know, if it's uh, if you've got I'm trying to think of examples, if you're uh, you've got, you know, John Wall coming off the screen, you're guarding John Wall and he's coming off the screen versus if you're guarding Steph coming off the screen. If it's John Wall, you know, you can, you can play the game and go under him. If it's Steph, don't even consider it. It's not an option, <laughs> right? Like, like force him in the lane, then we'll deal with him once he gets there. But, you know, and, and it's that type of thing, you know, that we've got to learn. And it's, it's not, 
it's not Colin's fault. It's you see it with everybody that's been in the league one, two years. Like it takes a while to learn different guys you're playing against. It takes a while to learn their ten- tendencies. Like, um, you know, you there's a difference. More of a, oh. so, sorry to interrupt, but do you think it is good? like the, the struggle of most rookie? Cause I mean, almost one of my favorite stats is that the Pelicans statistically were worse with Anthony Davis on the floor as a rookie on defense. <laughs> like if every NBA rookie sucks at defense, like, is Everyone. it learning tendencies or is it learning schemes or is it a bit of both? It's a bit of both. I mean, it just depends on where you come from, from college. You know, it's, it's, you know, if you come, uh, when's the last time a Syracuse player was good at defense, you know, NBA, like they, their scheme is the one through, you know, the one through one, the Bayheim defense, they just don't, they guard in space and all that. So, you know, it just depends on what you learn in college and, and how you choose to adapt to that in the NBA. Like, uh, you know, man to man for a lot of guys is is uh, kind of a foreign concept. We didn't do a whole lot of it at Wyoming. We did play a lot of zone, mm-hmm. um, and so coming to the league for me was like, wait, wait, we're, we're in man to man nonstop. <laughs> All right, and so you know, I don't know if that was Colin's experience. I don't know who you know that could be Darius' experience. Who knows? But like, uh, it just it's a shock. You know, it's a shock because it's every night, like especially at the point guard position, you you got a challenge. I mean, even on like, obviously there are the on nights that everybody knows where you got the Westbrooks, the Stephs, the, the Damian Lillards, but then like in off night, you know, for a point guard in the NBA, great. Go guard Colin Sexton. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Like a quote unquote off night. You know what I mean? This like still averages 20. Let's not forget that. Yeah. So like it, it's the hardest position in, in basketball and, and um, you know, so that's why, you know, we're, yeah statistically do they have the bad defensive years yeah but at the same time the older they get the more they get to guard people the more they get to see it be around it they'll be fine mm-hmm. and it's also easier to give effort when the games are closer right like when when it's uh, a that's a, a fact blowout, it's going to fall apart a little bit all right guys we're going to get back to the podcast with larry nance jr in just a moment but i want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors First of all is Indeed, 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to get your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Carter. Justin, football is back in full swing. 
You might not be at a game this year, but you can be you can still be in the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day or day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't you dare forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's blue wire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sports experts. Now, back to Larry Nance. Was there something you yourself worked on in this offseason um, that something new you want to bring to the table, or was it just kind of improving uh, kind of in the margins and rounding out your game? Um, yeah, for me, it was, uh, gosh, a lot of a lot. Um, most, most of the time off seasons, you know, you get to work on one or two things, but this off season, I feel like I've worked <laughs> on four or five. I mean, it, it, you know, we started off, you know, doing, you know, like I said, doing the quickness ladder, the jump ropes, the, um, you know, the, the, the quickness stuff, you know, I, I, I feel fully confident and it's great with, with Okoro coming in because, you know, anybody over six, anybody six, seven and over, you know, great. That's, I got, I got them until yeah. they get to about, until they get to about seven foot. Then that's where I check out and, you know, somebody <laughs> else got to do that job. That's not me anymore. Um, um, and then, you for sound him, you know, he's, yeah. Oh gosh. Relieved is an <laughs> understatement. Um, my knees, thank <laughs> my knees are so glad. Um, <laughs> you know, and then yeah, obviously you take any, anybody shorter than that, but you know, quicken up, quickening up my feet, guarding threes, uh, actually learning the three position a little bit more rather than just like, putting me there and basically playing as a four as a three so right um you know now i feel like i can play um now i feel like i can legitimately play three positions on the court um small ball center obviously my most comfortable position the four and then um yeah i'm comfortable as a three now as well and uh you know we're working on it and so um quickness of my feet obviously i i, I loaded up loaded up um you know muscle mass and, and strength of my quads and hips and and, uh, and, and just to protect my knees and, and stay healthy. Um, obviously, the shooting was throughout, working on shooting, ball handling. Um, but, man, a lot of it was just the mental side of the game, working on, um, working on uh, it, you know, a lot of confidence stuff, a lot of, hey, let it fly. If you're open, let it go. You know, don't mm-hmm. think twice about it. And so, like, and um, it, it was great. Like, I had a good offseason, very good offseason, and, and uh, I'm just – like more excited than words can say to get to show (laughs) to get to show everything that we've been working on so you're someone who's added a jumper over the course of your career and Mm -hmm. we always hear the stories us uh us plebs who uh would love to dream to be uh elite at basketball where we're not but there's this idea of like like any you know we always hear he makes them in practice he makes them in practice what is the biggest difference for you from making them practice to making them in an NBA game because I think everyone kind of knows that's true that a lot of people can can hit from three in an empty gym but when the lights come on they it's a lot harder but they don't really know why what is the biggest difference um gosh I I would love to just say the lights like the the size of the gym I don't um I don't know to be honest with you it's repetition it's all repetition like you know, you know, last summer I shot, I forget what the number was, 
in the tens of thousands of threes. I mean, I mean, like really, really got them up. And, uh, you know, it, it translated for me going into that season. You know, I shot, you know, the most threes I've shot ever made the most threes I've made ever made the highest percentage ever. But, you know, all it is, 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 uh, you know, just that repetition to where when I, when you get in the game, knowing that like, Hey, look, like <laughs> when the ball is coming to you, like, yeah, why would I, why would I hesitate? I've taken 20,000 of these, right. you know, just, <laughs> just knowing that you've put in the work. And so a lot of times, like when you hear like, Oh, so-and-so makes it, he makes it in practice and, and doesn't make in the games. Well, you know, that when that ball is coming to him in the game, I guarantee you, he's thinking like, um, you know, he's thinking like, uh, you know, bend my knees, elbow straight, cock the wrist back. He, you know, they're thinking like all through the steps of their shot where instead of just trusting it, like, Hey, I put the work in, mm-hmm. I, I've done, I've done my homework. You know, this is just a test. And, uh, you know, for me, that, that was, uh, that was a big hurdle to overcome. And last year I feel like I got over it. And so this year I'm really looking forward to doing even more so of that. But when you, when you hear like guy makes it in practice and not in games, I think that's the biggest difference is just don't think about it. Let it go. So uh, Justin just asked you about kind of your, your on-court skill profile and how that's changing, but the team went through a pretty big change this off season. Tristan Thompson signed with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first I kind of just want to hear what your reaction to that news was. Obviously Tristan was the vocal leader in the locker room and someone who was clearly pretty beloved. If, I mean, all you have to do is check Twitter to see that uh, kind of right. what was your reaction to, you know, Tristan, Tristan leaving. And then the follow-up question there is, you know, what, do you feel is your responsibility to take on in terms of being a leader for this team? Well, uh, double T leaving is, is twofold, obviously like as a, you know, great friend, I mean, incredible teammate. Uh, I was super sad to see him go, you know, he, he, he FaceTimed me and Kev before the news come came out and, you know, we had our, we had our group powwow and everything before, before Woj broke it. But um, you know, for him, I just, uh, I, I think he's going to be awesome. You know, there were a few teams that he was saying he could have gone to, but I think he just made an awesome decision. Um, he's going to be great for them. And he's got a very real chance of going to the finals and, you know, he deserves it. So uh, I wish Tristan nothing but the best. He's been, you know, one of my favorite Cavaliers to, you know, to root for growing up, play against with the Lakers. And now, you know, he was one of my favorite teammates. So yeah, I wish him all the best, but you know, uh, two times a year, three times a year, a bunch we play them. I'll be, you know, I'll be trying to get some cheap shots in on. Um, but yeah, he was a vocal leader of the team also. So, um, you know, with being around another year, um, you know, Kevin is very much so a leader. He's a lead by example guy. He's a, you know, he is, you know, gonna, he's the one that you look at and you're like, all right, I feel confident because Kevin Love is on the court and Kevin Love is taking that shot. Like, you know, he's our, he's our guy. You know, if we have a guy, it's obviously Kevin Love. Mm -hmm. And, um, but in terms of vocal, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's, if you can, if you can hear my voice is a little bit hoarse, like a little bit raspy because I've been screaming um, just at training camp, you know, talking to guys on defense, just calling coverages out, just being super loud, vocal, just, I mean, whatever, saying whatever, uh, crack back, uh, screen, weak, whatever the call is, just saying it loud. And that's what Tristan was great at is like, you know, cause you know, maybe for me and him, things that we think are, well, duh, that's common sense. Some guys don't. So you just have to say your thoughts, right. You know, it's, it's um, almost like 
you know, I consider myself, you know, one of the higher basketball IQs on the team. So, you know, we just, you got to try to impart that on, uh, in, on as many people as possible. Like get your teammates to hear it, get your teammates to hear your thought process so that they can hear, start, you know, start seeing that and kind of thinking the same things. And, um, you know, so I've been working on that, you know, just talking to guys individually, like, Hey, you know, you need me help. You want to shoot for practice. I got you. Just let me, you know, different stuff like that. Having the guys over, um, you know, for a dinner every now and again, setting up events and, and uh, it's actually something that I've, you know, quite enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Do you think it, it's something that comes natural to you? I mean, I think every time we hear about like, you know, the kind of cliche leader, I like, I think of like those Jameis, uh, Winston speeches pregame yeah, where everyone's kind of like rolling their eyes yeah. while he works himself <laughs> up. Like, how do you avoid that? Like, what what does an authentic leader look like to you? Uh, and how do you kind of make sure that you're, you know, getting these these uh, these young kids' attention? Right. Uh, I mean, you just got to be true to yourself. You know, like, uh, am I going to be sc- screaming? You know, in the middle of the huddle, you know, beating my chest and screaming at guys as to why we have to win this game or whatnot. No, that's just not, that's not me. So if I try to do that, you know, one thing, one thing that, that, you know, NBA players uh, as a group, we're very good at doing is seeing through the BS, right? We'll, we'll, we'll spot a fake very quickly. And that's when you start getting laughed at and people start making jokes of you and stuff like that. So if you're just real and you're who you are, uh, everybody appreciates, everybody appreciates that, you know, don't, you know, for me, like I said, I'm not going to be, you know, rah, rah, screaming, beating chest and all that type of stuff. But hey, look, you know, you know, I'll be using the same exact voice like, you know, fellas, we got to get this home opener, Charlotte, right? This is a very real win, you know, just type of stuff, you know, and, and you know, who, you know, you got to use your, you got to use your, just like a, as a basketball player, you got to use what you have. And, and for me, it's a lot of logic, a lot of IQ and, and the guy's ear um, is what I have. And so, um you know, that's how I plan on using it. You know, if we have someone that decides to yell at us, then great. But, you know, a lot of teams don't need that. Yeah. They just need a, they need a voice they trust. And that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm building and and, and working on with these guys. Well, I, I'm really happy to hear that because Carter and I have talked about a million times. Like the, the last time the Cavs were kind of going through a retooling here after the decision, there just, there didn't seem to be a lot of adults in the locker room. And it, it seems like, the organization, the approach just seems to be about building count, uh, culture, accountability this uh, this offseason. And to, to have guys like you and Kevin there uh, to be those vocal leaders, it's it's great to see. What are some of your first impressions? The, the one young guy I guess we haven't talked about is Isaac Okoro. You, you mentioned him. Now that you've kind of had a, a week with him, what are some of your first impressions there? Um, so, you know how – we said, you know, last year, Darius, you know, needed to work on his body a little bit. You know, he was, you know, he was, uh, you know, that was his, that was his NBA adjustment. That is not, that will not be Isaac's NBA adjustment. He is um, built like a, like a freaking tank, man. Um, he's one of the, he's, he's built like a tank that he's uh rock solid. He's, you know, if he were, if you were in the NFL draft, you know how some guys get drafted, like just like not a position, just like athlete. athlete yeah, he's a he's a freak, right? So he's <laughs> a total freak, um, and it's it's been great to see. You know, his nose for the ball is is um, unlike anybody else we really have. You know, he's got a little bit of that Tristan, like just stick his nose in there and see if he can go get it, even if it's gonna you know wind up with him getting whacked or tripped or something. So uh, his nose for the ball is awesome, and you need that. His you know his defensive instincts are great. 
um, fighting through screens, over screens. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's the real deal. You know, I'm, I, I was glad when we took him cause that's, you know, what, what I had heard about him and that's exactly what we got. You know, he's, uh, he, he's a, he's a real problem on the defensive end. Um, you know, he's a slasher, super athletic, but you know, his, uh, you know, his body is, is his weapon. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's obviously interesting. That's great to hear. And I, I am wondering on his offensive game, you know, I think there's so mm-hmm. much talked about his defense because this is a team that obviously needed a little infusion of, you know, that rugged defensive talent on the perimeter. What, what are you seeing from him offensively? What, what's impressed you, maybe surprised you about his game on offense? And then where, where do you think he really needs to, you know, step up that part of his game as he progresses? So his, uh, you know, he's got a real good nose for, the, for diving. You know, like he, he's a good cutter, um, obviously finishes at the rim as, as well as anyone with his, you know, explosiveness. He's, you know, got nice touch around the rim and stuff like that. Um, gets out on the break and runs. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, just what everybody knows, what everybody said, you know, he's, his, his shot is not what it was made out to be. It's not like, you know, it's not like bill cartwright <laughs> from from the bull i see i wasn't going to use a current nba player because then like i'm sure i'm going to get torched by him next year but yeah i'm not using a current nba player but like sure. you know it's, that you was know, justin it's, who did that yeah yeah everybody's blaming me no one aggregates us it's fine um, you no, you could was, you uh... could you could sit you could shit on anyone you want no one's gonna catch it here <laughs> no i see i use bill cartwright because you know remember his jump shot it was oh, all yeah. crooked but uh no it, it is not broken at all it's uh you know, the more reps, the more shots he gets, the just the better it's going to be. It looks great. You know, he's got some solid touch on it. You know, there are guys that, you know, when they miss, you know, like you feel bad for Jerry West over there because they get cracked. But, mm. you know, he he's not one of those guys. He's, he's got some touch on him. He's got some, uh, um, you know, he, he's definitely got some finesse there. And, and you know, I, his shot is not what everybody made it out to be. And, you know, it, it, I guess it's – I'm glad that they did because it's our, it's our game. <laughs> no kidding. I, I have a, I, I had a question about shooting in general for this Cavs team, because it feels like this development staff, if you can really, you know, it, it's almost impossible for fans like us to always be able to kind of figure out exactly what a coaching staff is doing. We're not in the room. We're not in practice. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just hard to tell. But one thing that it seems like the Cavs coaching staff can hang its head on is shooting development. I mean, Sexton's jumper has taken leaps and bounds uh, your jumper is taking leaps and bounds. How much of that is individual work and how much of that is kind of working directly with the coaching staff on, you know, cleaning up these mechanics? Uh, it's both. It's both. Um, you know, obviously you can't, the coaching stand, the coaching staff can't will you to be a better shooter without you wanting to be one. So, you know, I think it speaks volumes to the guy's work ethic that we've had, you know, Colin is, you know, I, he lives in the gym. I, you know, literally lives in the gym. He might as well have a bed in our practice facility. Um, you know, I, you know, I work tirelessly at it as well. And, and, you know, Isaac's going to be a great shooter, not worried about it. Cause you know, like you said, our development staff is, is, uh, very good. Um, very good. You know, JJ outlaw, Mike Garrity, Josh Broghammer, Dan Giroux, um, Tony Lang, uh, basically, uh, you know, if I miss anybody, I'm sorry, but everybody has been, you know, their hands on want to work with you, willing to work with you. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, Andrew Olson shooting coach, who's been, who's done an awesome job with all of us, you know, we're, you know, I think, you know, Colin's jumper speaks for itself, you know, 
he that was kind of his uh that was kind of his stick too coming out of the draft like man well can he you know is he gonna be able to shoot that three well after a 40 percent three-point shooting year yes yeah he'll be fine yeah um, I, I i couldn't get over that it's yeah <laughs> we, we we don't study the draft a whole lot like one of the things we do is we're, we're pretty open about kind of where our blind spots are and we'll, we'll bring on experts and, and people that'll uh kind of tune us in but uh the the way that his jump shot evolved was really really impressive and one one question i have so obviously the focus of this season is creating the accountability going out there creating good habits trying to win every single night but especially as a leader of this team, if you could set one goal for this season that isn't um, kind of tied to wins, um, what what would that goal for this season be? Like, what what do you want people to say about this Cavs season after it's done? Uh, we have to we have to define a culture, right? Like, and I know culture is a buzzword, so I'll go more in depth as to what I mean. You hear. Uh, and I know we hate it. you hear Golden State, right? You know what that team stands for, mm-hmm. right? You hear Portland, and you know what that team stands for, right? You like, there's you know, there's no real leaks out of Portland. There's no real you know guys acting up. There's there's none of that really. It's it's uh, you know there are some cultures in the league. Like obviously Boston's got one as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Even Memphis has its you know grit and grind mentality. You know, and that's a league wide known thing that like, all right, when we play Portland, like they are not going to beat themselves, you know, they're not going to beat themselves. And so we have to, we have to define our culture, whatever that may be, whether it is, you know, JB coming from Memphis, whether it is, we want to be that um, not grit and grind, but we want to be that hard nose dive on the floor. You know, we're going to hit you first type team or, you know, the extra pass mentality or, you know, whatever it is that we decide it's going to be. And that's obviously what we're working on. Accountability being the biggest word we've come up thus with thus far. Um, you know, whatever we decide to be, we have to define that this year. You know, whether that's 50 wins, 30 wins, 20 wins or zero, we have to define a culture so that every night when you play the Cavs, you know damn well, they're not going to x or they're going to blank you know and that's that's the biggest thing that has to come from this year because you know over the past few years we haven't had a whole lot of stability and and i think with jb we're really going to and uh and uh you know any coach any any front office any any team wants a wants a wants a culture and we really have a chance to establish one so so you bring up jb being brought in and obviously he was with the team at the beginning of last year uh under under beeline as, as his lead assistant What's different about his camp and kind of what, what you talk about establishing this culture, what kind of, you know, messages are you getting from JB uh, in terms of the culture he wants to develop for you guys? Cause I still feel like even though he coached the team to fans, he's a bit of an unknown quantity because he, he didn't have time to install his own systems and things like that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, we installed some of his systems or, I mean, we had what 11 games, five games or whatever it was. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I mean, JB is the one that, you know, put that three, put that lineup in where we close games with me, Kevin Tristan, um, you know, JB was JB did a lot of stuff at the end of the year last year that, that, that fans and should be, that fans should be really excited about, you know, he's a, he's a really good basketball mind. He's an, I mean, I know I'm gonna keep using a culture. He's an awesome culture guy. He is the culture guy to have for us right now. He's young enough in age to get to the young guys. He's he's been around enough to have coached a young Kevin Love. 
you know, he's been around to where, you know, Drummond respects him. I respect him. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's the perfect guy for us at the right time. And, and, um, you know, a, a, he relies on a lot of, uh, you know, player, again, accountability. He relies mm-hmm. on a lot of accountability. You know, I'll go to him all the time and, and, uh, throughout practice and be, you know, tap on the shoulder, be like, Hey, you know, you know, what, uh, you know, what do I need more of? You know, what, uh, you know, do I need to speak up more? Am I, you know, what do the guys need? What can I say to them right now? What, you know, just try, Hey, you know, I need to pick, you know, I, I, we need to be in the same camp. Right. So if you want this, I need to be preaching that as well as one of our leaders. And, uh, you know, I think there's a level of trust that he gives to each guy that you can do that. And it's not, it's, uh, you know, he's going to give you a great answer and, and, you know, he'll respect you, you know, for wanting to be in the same system as him and, and guys want to be in the same train of thought as JB, which is a great thing. So you define, you kind of said, you said Colston is like, oh, I'll be a little more specific. Can you do the same thing for the word accountability? Like what does accountability mean to you and kind of how, how can the, how can the, this team manifest that? Uh, accountability to me is, is uh, me, who I, I think I'm going to be one of our better defenders, right? I've, I've been one of our better defenders. I'm going to be even better this year. Um, if I get blown by, it doesn't matter if it, it you know, who I, this will be my sixth year in the league. Darius should be able to say something to me and should say something to me. Isaac should be able to say something to me as a rookie. He should be able to say something to me. Kev should be able to say something to me. It's accountability throughout, right? If J, if, if, if K love is, is, you know, uh, you know, his man beats him down the floor a few times, like, you know, Isaac should be able to go Kev, man, what are you doing? You know, to the point where you're not looking at him, like, be quiet rookie no like everybody's got a everybody's got an equal voice in here like you're you're he's accountable to you you're accountable to me and that's how it has to be um and you know that that stems from on the court stuff that stems from off the court stuff that stems from that that goes that even goes to a leadership perspective to where if i'm at practice and and i i get frustrated and slam a ball as a leader i can't do that right to where jb can go you know, Larry, no, we can't be having you do that. Or even JB doesn't have to say it. Uh, you know, Dan Giroux can say it. Tony Lang can say it. Uh, Coach Lindsay can say it. DG can say it and go, hey, man, like, that's not what we're about. And instead of looking at him rolling your eyes, you you know, you're like, you know what? I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a, it's accountability, not from just the coaching staff to the players, from the from the players to the coaching staff, from, um, you know, from player to player. It's a. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an entire organizational thing. And that's, uh, I guess that's what I mean by accountability, that nobody's bigger just because you got more years or have an all-star appearance or you're a rookie, you're lesser. Like it's, it's, uh, we're all on the same plane and, and everybody's opinion holds the same weight. One question I have, um, cause we, we talked about questions that don't have to do with winning um one thing that does is the play-in tournament obviously that's a new introduction this season I want to get your thoughts on the play-in tournament um do do you like the idea of it or is is it something that you're not quite comfortable with so and again I I don't exactly I I get all the shams and Woj updates too but yeah I I don't read them all the time uh (laughs) what 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 I know last year they did the eighth and ninth seed did a play-in game right yeah is it so, it goes down to 10 this year or nine? It's, yeah it's right. it's seven and eight versus nine and ten and the the teams that are the seven and eight seed 
uh, only have to win one of the two games. And then the nine or 10 seed would have to win two games. So it's basically, if you're a seven or eight seed, you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs, which I, I would imagine you'd like it more if, if you're a nine or 10 seed than you would as a seven or eight. Right. I mean, yeah, look, where we're sitting right now, I, I am quite a fan of it. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm a fan of it. I love it. You know, but if I'm, if I'm Orlando, I'm furious. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm Orlando, that's, that's, you know, been in that seventh, eighth seed the past few years off of your win percentage. And, you know, that's what you're, that's great. That's what you got. You've earned that. And now the league's trying to make you earn it again. Yeah. I'd be pretty upset about it, but Hey, like, you know, those are, those are two extra playoff spots right. that, you know, I think that we're, uh, hey, look, I, I'm the, I'm the optimist here. I think we're, I, I, I think we're going to be in that. I think we're going to be, um, I think we could be in the seven, eight spot. Look, uh, like I said, opt- optimism here. I'm trying to right. speak it into existence. Um, <laughs> but uh, for us, I love it. You know, I'm sure other teams hate it, but you know, I, I think uh, the viewers love it, which is really what matters. Yeah. I feel like this is, it's constantly a battle. I feel for the league to try to figure out how to make the end of the season interesting and how to right. make it and how to, you know, make it worthwhile. Do you feel like that there will be an extra sense of urgency now for a lot of teams that maybe weren't there? You know, if you are hanging out on that periphery of the 10, nine, where maybe normally your, your organization would start to sit the best guys, you know, phantom or not even phantom injuries, but you know, one to two day injuries become two, three week injuries. And yes. like those, those kind of shutdowns. Do you think that'll kind of, you know, I mean, really, it's all to solve the tanking problem. I mean, I feel like the Adam Silver administration's been pretty obsessive about solving tanking with changing lottery odds and now this. Do you think that this helps with tanking? I think so. I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think I, I cannot remember the last time tanking has worked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't remember the last time tanking's worked. I mean, you could say, you know, the process with the Sixers worked pretty well. Um, but a lot of pain to get there though. A lot of pain to get there. Um, but yeah, a lot of turnover too, like uh, outside of, uh, Simmons and Embiid, like uh, a lot of the guys that were part of it still there. Yeah. They they kind of had to turn things around because there, there wasn't that accountability and actual team building. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, the tanking thing, I think that's, I think that's over with, you know, they, they, you know, through this play in tournament and through, you know, shuffling up the draft lottery the way they did, I, I think they've done an awesome job of making, you know, encouraging guys to play until the last game and, and, you know, fight for every win they get. And I personally, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, but um, I, I do think, uh, I do think this is very much so a, a ploy to stop that. That's a yeah. bad, that's a bad culture move. That's a bad, you know, TV revenue move. That's a bad look on the NBA as a whole. Tanking is not uh, something that we should be, you know, advocating for as a league. So if, if, if this play in tournament, you know, kind of gets rid of some of that mentality, then great. Keep it. Nobody, nobody wants to see teams, you know, lose games on purpose. That's, that's a bad, that's a bad look. Yeah. I call, I call uh, it the Ricky a... Bobby uh, mentality, the Ricky yeah. Bobby team building mentality, where if you're not first, you're supposed to be last. <laughs> exactly. I, I, it just, it doesn't work. And especially with the new lottery odds, like I, I think you should just focus on, like for me, a- analyzing this Cavs season, I 
as I mentioned before, I, I think they absolutely, you guys have the talent. It's just going to be the learning curve, right? And if those young guys are ready to execute at that level and, and they're performing at that level, then all of a sudden, yeah, if you're winning all those games, you deserve to be where you are. Like you, you should always try to, to be uh, performing at the ceiling of whatever the roster is. My thing is, even if tanking works, I'm, I'm at this, I'm at the stage of my life where I'm not interested. Like <laughs> I, 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 I have a child now. I can't sit and watch 82 or 72 <laughs> garbage games uh, for, for no upside at all, you know, to try to find something in the first quarter before the, before it's a 30 point deficit. Like mm-hmm. I'm not interested in it. I just want to see good basketball at this mm-hmm. point. And I think, I think like there is a bit of basketball God's karma involved. And if you do things right, that you kind of get results and, you know, luck finds you, you know, like the, a team like the Nuggets lands with a Michael Porter Jr. who fell to them and is, is clearly looking like a, a young star for them. So like, I do, do you kind of believe in the basketball gods? The basketball gods are so real. They are, <laughs> they are such a thing. And honestly, I, I just talked about it. I just talked about, said something about it at practice today. Cause you know, we are going through, we are going through the, you know, drills running through offense and, and guys were giving the ball up, you know, pass, pass, kick, drive, pass, kick out. And you know, somebody shot it. I don't know who it was. Dean Wade took a shot and it was like, I don't even have to look. Don't even have to look because we <laughs> did, you did the right stuff that's going in. That's just what it is. It's good offense, you know, it's good offense. You just, you know, you share the ball, move the ball and, and that shot's going in. You know, it's, it's, I believe in the basketball gods through and through, you know, if you're living right, if you're living right off the court, you know, you're going to get those bounces every, if you're doing the right thing, making the right passes, you're going to get some better bounces, you know, some more rebounds are going to fall to you. I believe in that uh, 100%. One thing I, I want to touch on just before we wrap this up, um, obviously the big wild card this season is COVID and uh, you've tweeted about it, um, mentioning that you are yourself uh, more vulnerable having Crohn's. Um, mm-hmm. Did you give any consideration into opting out or what's your confidence level in, in kind of the, the plan going into this uh, season? So I never, it, no, I didn't get, I didn't give any, you know, consideration in opting out because, mm-hmm. you know, the more information we have on it and the more, um, you know, the more info, you know, that comes out and stuff like that. It's, it's, uh, you know, my age group, you know, my age group as an athlete, you know, I'm, I'm, even though I'm immune, immunosuppressed, immunodeficient, you know, I'm going to be fine personally, you know, like if I get it, I'll be fine. You know, if any of us get on the team, we're going to be fine. You know, there's, there's no, uh, you know, there's no, it's, uh, we're, we are not the demographic that it's affected by. It's, 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 you know, I know for a, you know, for a fact, I'm going to be doing the right things. I'm not going to be going to see grandparents. I'm not going to be going to see, you know, you know, I'm the, you know, the age groups that are at risk. So for me, no, I didn't give it, I, I never really thought about actually opting out. Um, but it, it's definitely, you know, after, after learning about some of the measures they're taking and, and all that stuff, I think, you know, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Someone's going to get it on some team. That's going to, we're going to be, you know, panicking just like the NFL and, you know, there's going to be scrambles and, and postponements and stuff like that. But I think uh, it's, I, I don't think I know for a fact that, you know, Adam Silver is the best person to be handling that he's, he did an unbelievable job of the bubble. And I think he's going to do an unbelievable job this year and has already rolled out some really, some really great 
um, protocols for it. And so we're going to be just fine as a league. Um, I, I wasn't too, uh, you know, I, I didn't really consider sitting out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, it's from a fan perspective, because that, that's how we view everything. It's just with nine months of not having basketball and then trying now going through all these extra steps like to me it just as a fan it adds a level of appreciation because we're, we're finally getting basketball back we understand that all the players are going through extra steps I mean you can do all the right things and still get it but if you have here's the word again accountability and all that you're you're going to at least try to to mitigate it as much as possible and, and limit your risk so I, I it's another spot where it comes in handy and uh it's it just adds to to my appreciation that basketball is finally coming back. I mean, I, I'm in Winnipeg. Basketball here. is back, man. It, it's, it gets to minus. It gets to like minus fifty here sometimes. So if there wasn't basketball and I'm just sitting in my house all winter, things could get a little bleak. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, look, I hear you. I it was hot this. It was you know it was great, eighty degrees and you know in Ohio, and I'm sitting there you know just angry. <laughs> just for no reason it's a beautiful day i'm sitting outside with my family and it's great and just like uh, i still don't have a date when we're gonna start yeah I, I hear you we love basketball you know basketball is finally back and and uh most importantly Cavs basketball is back and i think it's this is gonna be you know this gonna be a really fun year for everybody i'm, I'm certain of it I do think it's funny kind of hearing you talk about this because, you know, we're, we're way too online. We're way too on Twitter. And I, I know we probably should be less on Twitter, but it's funny when you kind of hear the discourse about, you know, whether the, whether there should be a season, whether uh, players should be asked to play. And it's like, sometimes I think people forget that you guys really like basketball too. <laughs> and that yeah, this like, is your yeah. passion. Yeah. Look, this is not just uh, you know, there are, I'm sure there are some guys that, that won't admit it, that only do this because they're good at it. That is not the majority. Like, yes, it's uh, it's the best job in the world. Not has, you know, you could take away my paycheck and I'd still play ball, right? Like this, it's it's a love. It's a, it's a passion. It's something that we've been doing since we were so young. So yeah, like, like I said, you know, it, am, I, I, am I immune to, you know, immunosuppressed? Yes. Do I love basketball enough to risk it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what most guys most where most guys heads are at right now and and uh um god basketball's back man <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> I'm, I'm pumped well that's a, a perfect place to wrap this up we really appreciate your time thank you so much for coming on the podcast and and giving us so much valuable insight and uh we we really appreciate your time yeah officially of a course. friend of the pod now this is yeah this is yeah. parents too so you're a friend hey, of the pod i am a friend of the pod i appreciate i appreciate you guys thank you yeah, put no it problem. on the resume, Larry. Right. I will. Well, it's going to my Twitter bio. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks. Big thanks to Larry. Thanks to all our listeners. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do so by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. Stay safe out there, guys. And until next time, go Caps.